title, MC, means Master of Ceremony. Some people who MC don't know what this term means. Welcome to Meet, Comma, Straight Up, or On The Rock, a podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? How do you like your life? I'm your host, Daydream, also known as David. No one, except the five men themselves, will ever know what they did, either individually or as a group that night. But we do know that they didn't do it. They didn't rape the female jogger, which is a crime for which they were tried and convicted. All right, now that was a quote from an article about someone, her name was uh, Linda Ferristein, and uh, she basically said that the Nets, Netflix had a, a false story of the Central Park Five, um, basically trying to make us not think about that terrible night in, in small pieces of it uh, to defend her reputation. So um, again, whatever. They didn't rape the female jogger. So Ms. Ferristein, you know, should accept responsibility for the role she played in the gross miscarriage of justice that destroyed the lives of these boys because of their incarceration. Uh, and, and we'll get into some more of this episode three. Um, welcome. We're going to talk about season one, episode three of When They See Us uh, to, to round out. Uh, no, actually, I got one more episode to discuss uh, When They See Us, episode four. So I was just looking at some articles and stuff. Um, and of course, you know, Linda was a part of it. And now she has, you know, to say that it was it was a false story of what happened. But, you know, these facts are out there. Uh, and this isn't the first time that someone has done this uh, or, or reported on this in a television show or a movie series type of way. So um, she basically, this Linda Ferristein person says, you know, it's a series so full of distortions and falsehoods as to be an outright fabrication. So I want to tell you, uh, Ava DuVernay, or DuVernay, or however you choose to say it, if you're fancy, <laughs> um, I recognized her work with, uh, what is it? The, the Civil Rights movie. It was um, Selma. She did an excellent job with Selma. So I don't know how I missed this in the beginning, but I'm on to it now, and I'm actually gonna have to look around and see what else she's done to kind of look at some of the stuff. Maybe she's grown from somewhere, or uh, maybe you know this isn't even her peak yet. So it's gonna be interesting. But you know, this when they see us is awesome um, depiction of what really happened, and, and and it's it's a bit much to hear. You know, people who played a role in this, Linda. Linda Ferristein, um, call it a fake or it's a fabrication or it's just for TV um, when she knows the truth. And I hope she got fired, by the way. I hate to say that about people. I really do. But mm, you did these kids wrong.
this is the uh, opening scene for episode three, where Raymond Santana's grandmother is having a birthday party. Um, the family's celebrating, everyone's enjoying themselves, except her. You know, she was the grandmother that went to the police station and understood very little English. And even the, the Spanish-speaking officers that were there, I'm not just going to call them Hispanics or Latinos, um, because of whatever, but even those officers that were there thought more about their job than they did about taking care of, even if it's just someone in your own heritage. They thought less about making sure that this kid and his family was okay. They knew that when they spoke to the grandmother, they told her very little information. The translator was supposed to translate. And what they did was they walked her right out of the room. And over a period of time, um, as these episodes have gone, she obviously realized that her grandson was in jail. And she probably had a ton of guilt. I know I'm speculating here, but she probably felt really bad over a period of time because her grandson was in jail and she couldn't do anything to help at the time. Um, later on, you'll, you'll hear a clip where the brothers are arguing about, you know, the kid. And this is this is the episode that's, you know, touching the heart again, where it, it not only touches the heart, you, you watch what this this case did, what these people did to the lives of these not only the children, but the families um, and how it just it just just broke up a lot uh, to a point where people are arguing about the validity of a nephew, in this case, that you've known your whole life is what his father is going to say to his brother. You've known him your whole life. You know he's not capable of this. And, uh, you know, just to look somebody in the eye and have to say that to them. I mean, and, and, and then you'll hear the father talk about how he sent the son, you know, out of the house. He had to live with that guilt. So it, it's it's a lot. Yo quiero que todos sepan mi deseo. Mi deseo es para mi nieto, Raymond Jr. Es duro para mí celebrar cuando no tengo toda mi familia aquí. Él está en problema y nadie lo quiere ayudar. Yo quise ayudarlo, pero no pude. No pude ayudarlo. What am I supposed to do? Huh? This is the life you and him put her in. You should have never taken him to that police station. You should have never let him go with you to the courts. She ain't never been the same. Okay, you tell me. You tell me what I'm supposed to do, all right? And I'll do it. Because I've done the best I could. Now, I do feel a little bad that I said something mean about Linda Fairstein, but you know, in 1989, she was the head of, Man of the Manhattan District Attorney's Sex Crime Unit. One of my favorite TV shows is uh, SVU. And even my homegirl has never spoken with her uh, from SVU. So, uh, and I'm not going to say she was modeled after her, but I'm still going to say SVU is one of my favorite shows. But anyways, um, she wrongfully convicted and imprisoned five black and Hispanic boys and she was definitely the lead charge out there saying they were gang raping. She even, in the last episode I had, she was even the voice saying, we have a sock with their jizz in it. You know, they thought they were gonna just come in a sock and nobody would find it. So she was also admitting that she was placing evidence um, because, you know, 
the district attorney was like, well, you got you got physical evidence. Where is it? Um, and the other attorney said, you know, where where does all of a sudden come from? The New York City police forgets or, you know, hasn't had it. And she's like, well, we got it now. So let's go with it. And that really spurred the case on. So um, this month, Miss Feinstein was was dropped by her longtime book publisher. Um, and last week, uh, her co-person or co-lawyer uh, left her teaching job at Columbia Law after student protest. So, um, you know, you, you really think you can do some dirt and get away with it. And I'm going to have to say most of the time, you know, people do stuff and don't really know what they're doing. But these people knew what they were doing. And now, you know, they have to suffer the consequences. Um, you know, the first time and, and honestly, this wouldn't be happening. Like, you know, Linda can always say that when they see us was fake. But this wouldn't be happening if, you know, Linda was real back then. And obviously this stuff is real. And, you know, this when they see us. Uh, episode is what social justice is all about. Um, you know, you want to use the internet and, and news media and stuff to your own gain. Well, how about, you know, research some history and find out some some things that were horrific and see what the people who participated in making these horrific things happen in protest because they deserve it. You know, the women's professional reputations have been on the ropes for a while, but the knockout blow was the recent Netflix, Netflix miniseries about the Central Park jogger case when they see us. Um, this this helped, you know, knock them out of the positions that they had gained, wrongfully gained, because of this, because of what they did. They made a name for themselves. The same thing they were trying to say about the other defendant lawyers that were, you know, helping the innocent kids, that they were making a name for themselves. So it's it's, you know, karma. How's that? Karma. ODB, ODB and the Wu-Tang Clan. Thank you. Uh, back to this. I just needed to, again, every once in a while, I got to check in with my music spots because sometimes reading this stuff and, and watching these episodes, you know, because eventually these kids probably still would be serving a lot of time if Mateus Reyes never stepped up and said that he did it. I mean, his... His, um, he must have really had a bad time with his emotions. Uh, he must have really felt it. You know, he actually provided the DNA evidence that matched the DNA evidence that they had on file. Um, so, you know, this, this, you know, has a good ending eventually, but no good ending comes from something like all this bad, you know, publicity the way these people were crucified just a pure evil came out of these people who wanted to get this case done um you know it wasn't wasn't as if it was one of those um open and door shut cases they created this narrative they put these kids in these situations and and they took complete advantage of each one of their um their parents the kids and and didn't look back did not look back. Even Linda, you know, eventually apologized, but she didn't apologize for the Central Park Five case. Uh, she apologized for catching the or not catching Mateus Reyes coming in uh, later on. Which means, as you've seen, if you watch this show, that 
she was basically she had her suspects and then they were no more suspects to her they were the monsters in the dark they were the gang of thugs that jerked off or all of them had or should have had there should have been a lot of cum in that damn sock now that i think about it that that should have been a, a pretty big ass if five dudes you know raped you and they all came inside of the sock like that's nasty in itself when you think about it but whatever so um, this this case, something like this just, you know, reminds us that um, the interest of the defendants of color uh, and the interest of female victims, you know, are aligned in some ways. You know, the proper treatment of scientific evidence could help, right? In rape cases, the police, the prosecutors, and the juries notoriously discount the testimony of women. They just discount it. So why would women speak up and say that they were raped, Right. Um, even in this case, she couldn't remember, like, whatever happened, it's a reasonable doubt. They put her up on a stand and she still said, she said, I can't remember. That's reasonable doubt right there, right? That they did it. She doesn't even know who her attackers are, um, you know, but with the help of DNA evidence, you know, which really became widely available uh, in 1986, um, the, the sex crimes stuff, you know, I, I sometimes listen to my wife and she's listening to podcast about sex crimes and murderers and all the other stuff. And sometimes it's too much for me, but you know, when, when they started using the DNA evidence and stuff, um, in this unit that Ms. Fairstein's sex crime unit, um, they, they got a lot of the cases they won successfully were reopened because, you know, they were cold cases. Um, and, and they couldn't do that before, you know, cases like this before they started using DNA. Um, and she just completely just when you, when you think about it again, it keeps keeps me very, very fearful because if they could do this to them, they can do it to anybody and get away with it. How could a rapist be an assassin? I say, bitch, don't say that's what they say. That's why I don't say that shit. No, let's not mean that because you know what? He just went to the park with some friends, okay? He just went to the park with some because I told him to fucking go. I said, there's too much trouble in the corner, so why don't you go to the park? He just, I sent him. I fucking sent him. He just did what I told him because he's a good boy. Come on, you know him all your life, man. He's a good kid. He would never hurt nobody. <laughs> ma, ma, just, we're, just, ma. we're just talking, ma. Okay. When They See Us is a uh, four-part series, limited series, as I've been telling you this entire time, um, you know, this, this story has to move along to cover all parts of this tragic story. Episode three is pretty bad. Uh, episode four is a lot worse. I've cried um, five times watching episode four. I watched it twice. So I got a total of 10 cries out of it, including the end. Uh, so after, after these boys being wrong, wrongfully convicted, you know, each of the Central Park Five was imprisoned. Uh, with four of them going to juvie and and the other one, Corey, who episode four is all about. I'm trying to figure out how to do episode four justice. Um, I may just play the entire episode and give commentary during that episode so that um, we're all on the same page because he, he ended up in Rikers Island to start. He was 16, you know, never, never really experienced life itself. And. I, I tell you, watching episode four, I freaked out because 
of course they knew he was coming and they took full advantage of him. So it's it's disturbing to see how, you know, the punishments were given out, especially considering the one that, you know, ended up in juvie, which is Corey. Um, or that didn't end up in juvie, you know, with the rest of everybody else, because that's where he should have been. Actually, none of them should have been in this situation. But Corey ended up in Rikers Island, the one kid that was the least involved in anything that they had to do that night. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I laugh to keep from hating. How's that? Um, you know, people say I laugh to keep from crying. I smile to keep from crying. I laugh to keep from hating. So, you know, this, this episode, some of the stuff you've heard so far, you know, focuses on the, the journey that they took, you know, their time in prison um, and how it impacted a lot of their lives, their family lives and stuff like that. Episode three to me, you know, had the most body to it. You know, even though one and two gave you a lot of information, this one really brought you into the story. You know, their families were put through the ringer financially. Um, you know, they had to go through a lot physically, a lot emotionally. You know, a lot of the mothers were getting phone calls and death threats and lost their jobs. It it was it was it shows the belly of this nasty country we live in. Um, you know, everyone had to move, you know, on. They had to figure out what was going to happen in their own way, because, again, they didn't know each other. Only Corey and Yusef knew each other. And they, you know. Corey was just trying to tell his boy about what happened that night. He hung out with his homegirl instead of going with them to the park. Um, and they were going to the store to get something to drink. And just because a cop said, hey, you. Um, and one of the other cops said, you know, he wasn't involved. His name's not on the list. And then the other cop said, hey, why don't you, why don't you come downtown? You want to come downtown with your friend? And Corey, being such a kind heart, said yes, because he didn't want. Yusuf's mother to be mad at him. And in the end, you know, like you really look at how Yusuf's mother reacted, um, how Corey's mother reacted, you know, in episode four, again, it's all about Corey. When you look at, you know, how that went down, it, it was, you kind of find some understanding, but man, oh man, was it tough. You know, they, they were put through the ringer financially. They, this 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 episode did a good job of exposing the system and how much it costs to make a phone call. You know what felons can and cannot do as far as letters and working next to each other and the things that would put them back in jail. You know, Raymond had a situation where he had to go back to the street because he could not get a job. Right. Nobody would hire him after he checked all these boxes. So, you know, we, we spent a lot of this episode, this this. Uh, this third episode following Raymond, um, Raymond Santana. Uh, and it, it really pushes time forward and eventually brings us, you know, at this point where where they're grown, these kids come out of jail um, and, and they have to survive after being wrongfully accused in this world. So not only that, they also bring again about the disgusting, nasty nature of this justice system. Um, you know, and, and, and again, these kids didn't know each other. Only two out of the five knew each other. You know, they tried to lump in the other guy that finally said that he was the rapist because they wanted to justify why they found semen and 
they were right and all this. They were just flat out wrong. And if you heard episode one and two, you will understand. If you watched episode one and two, you will understand that they just made these facts up, which would make them not facts, which is why Donald Trump is the president. Again, we spend, you know, a good portion of this just going through the families and and, and, and understanding Raymond and what it was like coming home for him. Uh, I was happy in episode four and I, you know, in episode when I, when I do my next episode, I'll show you why I was happy for Raymond. Uh, he was actually in, in a better situation after he had made some make, mistakes and, you know, and, and the first, the first kid to get out of jail, you know, was Raymond. And, and he literally went through a lot, you know, he returned home his father had a new family and a new wife, new kids, a whole bunch of new stuff. You know, it's it's not exactly the welcome he he was hoping for. You know, his father embraced him. Um, you know, the kiss, you know, the the body when he was hitting, they were hitting each other. You know, he not he understood his son had to do what he had to do to survive and and had a great time trying to love each other in that moment. They really had a great time in that moment. I enjoyed it. Another reason why I cried because not only did he have to go through it, he shouldn't have went through it, but the fact that they show so much love for each other in that moment for not seeing each other. You know, throughout this entire series so far, we've seen parents go and see their kids, but we've never seen Raymond or Raymond's father, Raymond Sr., go see Raymond Jr., Actually, we did. We saw uh, the one time where the grandmother went through in the season, episode three, which had a lot of really great transitions. Now that I think about it, um, from Raymond to Anton, um, and then again to Yusuf, uh, and then to Kevin, and then uh, it, it eventually showed what we really didn't understand was how Corey, who ended up being the person that again was was detained and tortured and told something about his friends when he wasn't even there. And that put him in jail for the longest time and put him through the worst situations. Now, we we didn't know what the other four went through, but episode four shows you what Corey went through. And I, I it's taken me a long time to stomach it to watch it a couple times before I can put these episodes out. So I hope you can, uh, you can, you can relax. I know you guys are waiting. I'm, I've gotten the emails. I understand. Um, I think you, you know, I'm hearing that you like my style, but again, this stuff is gut wrenching to me. It's hard. You know, some people stop watching it. I encourage you to keep watching it. Um, I encourage you to, you know, start it from scratch and watch it all over again after you watch it in pieces. And then I encourage you to watch some of the episodes and including what happened the other day where they were all on BET. They got a standing ovation, um, you know, talk about how the community surrounded them and just to dig deep, you know, getting out of out of prison, you know, kind of had its perks at that time. But it also comes with, you know, some type of crazy ass reality, you know, your conviction and, and in this case with Raymond, it never stopped looming over Raymond. You know, it was like a dark cloud. And, you know, Raymond Raymond saw it when he got out of jail. You know, he walked around the neighborhood was different. You know, he, he had to find a job. 
You know, he had to register as a sex offender knowing he didn't do anything wrong. Um, you know, he had to stay on the straight and narrow to present him, you know, prevent from going back to jail. But again, he didn't do anything. So, you know, his father sent him to the park to get him off the stoop, to get him away from drugs. And in this episode, you will see how even his father tried to get him away from it. He still ended up going back to the drugs. He still ended up dealing on the corner um, because that's all he had. The system had boxed him in. Um, and, you know, some of the, again, I, I keep trying to get to episode four because episode four hurt more than anything I've ever seen in my life. Like, I've seen some bad things, like The Boy in the Bubble, which was a movie about a kid who lived in a bubble and why he had to live in a bubble. And I didn't understand why that made me cry. But episode four was dedicated simply to Corey. And that hurt more than I thought it would. I'd never seen anything like that. So I had to watch it a couple of times to make sure that I, I, I would articulate my next um, episode with episode four for this appropriately. But in this one, again, you know, uh, Raymond, Kevin, Anton, you know, they kind of, it kind of transitioned back and forth. Yusef, you know, Yusef got married um, under two years out of being, or actually under out of a year of being out of prison um, because they, they were kids, right? Um, so, so sex was not something that they even had had uh, and Yusuf being, you know, a part of Muslim community, he had to be married. So they had somebody married waiting for him to come out. Um, like e Each one of these stories could go in their own way. And when they see us kind of gave us that, here's what the story was in the beginning, episode one. Uh, episode two was, here's the court case and how it, you know, unfolded. Episode three was kind of, Here's how it affected the lives of all these kids. And now they're coming out of jail and now you get to see what's going on. And, and, and because Raymond, you know, committed crimes, drug dealing and stuff like that, he went back to jail. Um, and Anton, his father died. And eventually Anton moved to Atlanta and changed his name. Uh, and then Kevin moved to Atlanta and changed his name. Uh, and then, you know, when the, the guy that I can't remember his name right now came out, and said that he was the one that actually raped the girl and they had DNA evidence to match it to prove that, you know, these five guys weren't the, the rapist and all the other stuff. Uh, when he, he came out and said that and they found the evidence to prove it, um, you know, they, Raymond came out of jail again and he ended up moving to Atlanta. Uh, so it was it's a very it's, it's very interesting how Raymond, you know, got out and he reconnected with his high school love. So that was still a part of the relationship that was going on. But uh, that kind of put him in a situation where his job at the time had given him a pink slip. You know, you can't make this kind of money. And, and they kind of put FedEx, you know, on the spot because they got rid of him. Maybe he lied on his application. I don't know. But, you know, he ended up losing his job. Raymond, I'm talking about. Um, and that's why he went to the streets because, you know, he was in love. He had never really experienced love like that. He got close to it, but he was in love and, you know, she wanted to move in together. He wanted to move in together. The situation he had with his father and his stepmother and her, their baby, and then her family all being in the house all the time. And, 
you know, they were all speaking Spanish and he was just trying to explain it to him. He even, there was even a spot where he got some ass or he attempted to get some ass and his stepmother and her mother and her sister came to his house or their house and flipped out because, you know, he was there and he was trying to get some ass. And he had to tell a girl, you know, I'm this is my stepmother. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make it basically. And and thank God, you know, she understood. But once he started dealing drugs and going to the street, you know, that kind of overpowered his love for her. She understood it. You know, they he went to jail. Uh, and it was a really, really sad story. So you really gotta watch episode three. It kind of put everything in perspective as to what happened after. Uh, they went to jail and how fucked up their lives became because of it, because these people, these sick, twisted individuals, these these people who really only care about themselves, who are now feeling what the devil's promise means. You know, I, I've learned when I was a kid, the devil will approach you and ask you to do things for the glory. You will do what you need to do, accept the glory. But in the end, the devil always has a promise to it its self. I don't want to say him. I want to say its self. The devil always have the promise to its self where they will send hellhounds and they will get your soul. So the prosecutor, the prosecuting attorney, the these people, the, the lady from the New York City sex crimes unit, now they are receiving the hardship of the devil's promise, the karma. And the truth is, it's what it's supposed to be. I, they gave these kids to hell so that they can write books and become professors at Columbia and enjoy their lives for a little bit of time. So my advice is, while the devil's promise is making true to these people, that these five boys, these five young men, these five grown men right now, sue them personally. Sue them. Take all the money you can get because the evidence is there. This is not just science fiction. This isn't even fiction where they just got away with some dumb shit and it was just a TV show. This is a TV show based on facts and you can sue in the 21st century. You can sue people for their fuck ups, especially when you've been raped in jail and you've been called all kinds of names and people have hated you since you were a teen. So you're, your, your emotional trauma is just on a high level. And you don't even know how to walk in communities anymore. You don't know how to be around people anymore. Because when once they hear your name, all of a sudden they associate you, you know, with this Central Park Five. So you may get some 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 kind of you know rendition now. It may be okay now, but I still would sue these people that put you under the under the jail, because that was their goal, their goal. Um and, and of course. Inevitably, you know, again, my man, Corey, you know, he caught the worst of it all. And, and episode four shows you that, you know, so the, the third episode, of course, which is what we're focusing on right now, you know, the other boys got out of jail, but, you know, some had happy endings. Anton or Antron, you know, his he had a hard time adapting to his father, who in, you know, episode one, chose his job and his responsibilities of that job over his responsibilities of him being a father. And in this episode, you will see that when Antron comes home, he doesn't want to be around his father. 
And then he eventually loses the job anyways, his father I'm talking about. So again, you can't think your job is more important than who you are as a person. I know that that is the way that this society wants us to be, but who you are as a person and the things that you stand on, your principles, should mean a lot to you. You know, there's a lot of game playing, but in this, you know, specific show, this specific episodes of uh, the season, let me say that, of when they see us, and again, Ava DuVernay, uh, you know, there were some executive producers like Oprah. And, um, um, there, there were some really good executive producers who put their money where their mouth was, not like Donald Trump, to expose this story, use the truth that they found in public record and expose these people. These people did their job. I appreciate them. I applaud them. This is what putting your money to where your mouth is. And, and they let these kids, these young men, these grown men now, uh, live in a life of glory where they didn't have to sell themselves to the devil and then re reap the devil's promise. So you definitely are going to need your tissue box for episode four. Uh, episode three, you're going to cry a little bit because, again, uh, these kids are coming home after doing God knows what in jail to survive and honestly they survived as kids you know even in juvie you know there's fighting there's a whole i've never been to juvie you know i, I my brother's been to juvie my brother's in a, an adult max right now I mean, he's moved around and had transfers and i can only imagine what he's been through uh, aaron collins i love you but this 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 series you know when you when you look at what's going on Episode four, again, the guards were walking away while Corey was getting raped and beaten because he had no affiliation. Corey was a pure soul, a pure heart. And even in the end, when he got out and he met with his sister and they were driving and she was dropping him off at the sex offenders meeting, you know, she was still telling him, you're a great kid. And he still smiled through all of that. He smiled. You know, God's graces is so beautiful. It was very, very difficult for Corey. I know it had to be. Uh, and, and he didn't want to walk into these places and talk about him being a sex offender. And again, we'll get into episode four uh, where Corey and Yusuf actually reunited. But this episode three kind of gives you that perspective of life in jail for a little bit and then how they got out of jail um, and what they saw, the new world they saw after being in jail for so long. And honestly, if it wasn't for this person stepping up, saying that he was a rapist because he 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 found God, you know, he found God and saying that he was a rapist and then they test his DNA and his DNA matched. And then he told the right story and these sick ass fucking people still pretended like they had no clue. Like, oh, well, he's just a part of the five. So we got a Central Park six. And instead of acknowledging the fact that, you know, there's one set of footprints, I, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond stricken, you know, they say men aren't supposed to cry, but I'm a man and I'm crying. I don't have kids. One of the reasons I don't have kids is because I can't control my emotions when it comes to my kids. I'd probably hurt somebody's kid. I'd probably hurt one of these priests out here. I'd not go to jail because I'd kill myself before I go to jail. 
for doing what I'm supposed to do for my family. Uh, and there's a section in here where uh, Yusuf's mom is listening to uh, Donald Trump talk about the death penalty. I think that was in episode two. And she was just like, I'm, I'm, you're not going to kill my son. I'm going to come for you first. That's me. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, 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 I don't know. The truth is for me that it's difficult. It's unfortunate. But getting out of jail, these kids tried. You know, they're trying to get close to their families. They're trying to start their lives all over. They're trying to get jobs. You know, they're desperate. The circumstances sucked. You know, Antron worked in a, a movie theater and he was trying to get in a relationship with the girl. And the girl threw it right back up in his face when he couldn't pay for her to go to the restaurant she wanted to go to. That's fucked up. I mean, he was literally trying and he told her, I got to pay to go to school because I got to start this thing all over again. I got to give my mother a hundred bucks. And she just straight up threw it in his face and was like, well, you're a rapist. This is how you treat women. And I mean, he came nowhere near close to treating her bad at all. Uh, and then... You know, right after that, he went home and his father was kind of just trying to get out of bed. And but he's sickly because they say, you know, he's got fluid around his heart and it's not helping. And and he had to embrace his father, save his father from hitting the ground. And in that, you know, situation, his father kind of gave him a hug because he really did not mean to sell his son for the devil. He didn't mean it. It's just the fact that. Our country makes you think that your job is more important than your family. So he hugged him and he was at release. His father was at release and Anton actually cried. And there were many times during that part where he was having flashbacks. You know, the door opening when Anton finally got home, he remembered the first time, you know, he saw his father come home from work with the kid and play high top. And Anton sitting there with the kid and play high top because he wanted to be with like his dad. And he, you know, his father didn't even get home good yet, and he's talking to his dad. This situation fucked all that up. It destroyed all of it. These people that plotted on these poor kids need to go to jail. They need to serve justice. I'm not even at the point where I'm ready to say that they need to do exactly what those kids went through. I'm at the point to say, God damn you. How about that? These families were destroyed. And episode three shows you that. And I got to tell you, Ava DuVernay and Oprah Winfrey and Robert De Niro, who are all executive producers, I, you know, you did one hell of a job exposing this situation. Let's take it a little bit further. You know, I understand Jay-Z's got some stuff coming up. You know, I got, uh, you know, a bunch of other people with stuff that are coming up that are exposing things that these kids should have never been through or these people should have never been through. Um, and, and our justice will be served finally. You know, they say the revolution will not be televised. I'm watching it right now. It's gonna come through TV. It's gonna come through movies. It's coming through radio. It's coming all the way around. I understand that the revolution will not be televised, but man, I feel really good that this is how it went down for these people. They're losing their jobs. They're losing their book deals. They are the scum of the earth. And they should be put out on a poster like somebody getting dunked on. Liberty.
why God do I gotta suffer? Pain in my heart, carry burdens full of struggle. Why God, why God do I gotta bleed? Every stone thrown at you, resting at my feet. Why God, why God do I gotta suffer? Earth is no more, won't you burn this motherfucker? I beat your ass, keep talking back I beat your ass, who bought you that? You stole it, I beat your ass If you say that game is broken I beat your ass if you jump on my couch I beat your ass if you walk in this house With tears in your eyes Running from poo poo and apprentice Go back outside, I beat your ass, little nigga That homework better be finished I beat your ass, your teachers better not be bitching About you in class, that piece of bed I be wasted, you eat it all That TV better not be loud if you got it on Them Jordans better not get dirty when I just bought them Better not hear about you humping on Keisha's daughter Better not hear you got caught up I beat your ass, you better not run to your father I beat your ass, you know my patience running thin I got boo boo payments to make County buildings on my ass trying to take my food stamps away I beat your ass if you tell them social workers he live here I beat your ass if I beat your ass twice and you still here Seven years old think you run this house by yourself Nigga you gon' fear me if you don't fear no one else If I can smoke fear away I roll that motherfucker up I probably die anonymous, I probably die with promises I probably die walking back home from the candy house I probably die because these colors are standing out I probably die because I ain't know the markets for snitching I probably die at these house parties fucking with bitches I probably die from witnesses leaving me foster cues I probably die from thinking that me and your hood was cool Maybe die from pressing the line, acting too extra Or maybe die because these smokers are more than desperate I probably die from one of these bats and blue badges Body slammed in black and white paint, my bones snapping Or maybe die from panic or die from being too lax Or die from waiting on it, die cause I'm moving too fast I probably die trying to buy weed at the apartments I probably die trying to defuse two homies arguing I probably die cause that's what you do when you're 17 in a hurry, I wish I controlled things. If I can smoke fear away, I roll that motherfucker up. Sleeping from hard to hard Scared to go back to section 8 with my mama stressing 
30 shows a month and I still won't buy me no Lexus What is an advisor, somebody that's holding my checks Just to fuck me over and put my finances in debt I read a case about Rihanna's accountant and wonder How did the bad girl feel when she looked at them numbers That type of shit'll make me flip out and just kill some Drill some, get ill and feel ratchets with a little sum My practice running from fear, guess I had some good luck At 27 years old, my biggest fear was being judged How they look at me reflect on myself, my family, my city What they say about me reveal if my reputation will miss me What they see from me will trickle down generations in time What they hear from me will make them highlight my simplest lines I'm talking fear Fear losing creativity, I'm talking fear Fear missing out on you and me, I'm talking fear Fear losing loyalty from pride Cause my DNA won't let me involve in the light of God I'm talking fear Fear that my humbleness is gone, I'm talking fear Fear that love ain't living here no more, I'm talking fear Fear that it's wickedness or weakness Fear, whatever it is, both is distinctive Fear what happens on earth stays on earth And I can't take these feelings with me So hopefully they disperse Within 14 tracks Carried out over wax Searching for resolutions Until somebody get back Fear What happens on earth stays on earth And I can't take these feelings with me So hopefully they disperse Within 14 tracks Carried out over wax Wondering if I'm living through fear Or living through rap That song is Fear by Kendrick Lamar from his damn album. Check it out. I let the whole album play because I needed to. That's just the way it goes. We got a fear. You fear us, we fear you. Thank you for listening to Neat, Straight Up, or On The Rocks, a podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? If you're looking to reach us or give us some comments, some positive or negative feedback, you can send that to nsuotrocks at gmail.com. That's n-s-u-o-t-r-o-c-k-s at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We are also distributed on anchor.fm forward slash daydream, the DJ one word, Google podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public podcast. We are there. Reach out. Let us know what you think. Peace. <coughs> Ooh, too much to drink.